It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. Oh, well, where did that weekend go? Did you ever notice, is it just me? And maybe it is, maybe it is. But did you ever notice, are the weekdays, the weekdays longer than the weekends? I've been developing a theory in this demented little head of mine now for a while that there are 24 hours in every day of the week, but there's only about 10 hours in every day at the weekend. Because no sooner am I going home here on a Friday afternoon and sitting down and planning the weekend and the telly and what I'm going to do and where I'm going to go and who I'm going to see and what we're going to, you know. And then it's whoosh, where did that go? It's Monday morning and it's stupid o'clock and I'm getting up again. Good morning to you. 0818 96 96 96. The number of the text and WhatsApp is 083 396 96 96. And the email is opinion at 96fm.ie. A lot to do today. Great night for the Irish at the BAFTAs. Colin didn't uh, get the best actor, but um, both Barry Keown and uh, Kerry did pick up best supporting actors and that scene by the lake in the Banshees of Inshiran seems to be the one that is nailing all these awards for them and it's a phenomenal scene I watched it again this morning I talked to Crossy who was at the awards he managed to inveigle himself onto the red carpet last night turns out he knows Barry Cohen a bit better than I thought so we'll chat with, with Crossy later on in the morning more awards next weekend and more awards uh, the Oscars come. Actually, speaking of movies, I didn't know, and Netflix are throwing it out at me for the last couple of weeks that this is one of these movies you'd like to see. The other way, Netflix does that. Uh, the, all Quiet on the Western Front. I didn't know it's in German. And it beat the Colleen Kuhn to glorious little film. Glorious, gorgeous little film. But it, it beat Colleen Kuhn to foreign language. And also the Banshees of Inisherin, the best British picture. Actually, there's an explanation as to why it's at least part British and qualifies as part British. All of that to come 
uh, on this Monday morning. But let's return our attention to Friday again. And you'll remember I spoke with Jacinta. Uh, Jacinta lives in a town in West Cork. We are not naming the town. Um, That's just a choice we've made. We are not naming the town, but it's a town in West Cork that has a town square, which kind of narrows it down to a couple anyway. But Jacinta got on to us. Well, she she posted on Facebook and we contacted her and she was, oh yeah, I'd love to talk about that, about how she feels not safe out on her own. Now, as I was talking to Jacinta on Friday morning, the Lord Mayor of Cork was um, making her own comments to Paul Bourne at Virgin Media, and they went fairly viral across the rest of Friday. I will catch up with the Lord Mayor in a while, but let's remind ourselves of where this started with Jacinta on Friday morning. There's just so many incidents. Um, middle of the day, I suppose a couple of weeks ago, I was walking up the street. Three young fellas came out of the shop. They were sort of larking about. I overtook them. And I heard one say to the other, you can't walk these streets without somebody barging past you. Now, I'm a small, a small person, and there was three of them. And, you know, it's, it's just this kind of, I don't know, were they trying to frighten me? I mean, it didn't work. It was the middle of the day, and they, you know. But at the same time, it's this sort of attitude. Yeah. Is there a Garda station in this town? There is. is there it ever, is. Is it ever open? Mm. Mm, I hesitate to say occasionally. It's actually open more often now but it seems to be just for people going in to sort of have form signs. I couldn't say to you that it's going to be open from nine till one or from one till six. And would you ever um, see a guard walking the beat around the town? No. Yeah. No, the short answer, no. I mean, there was a, there was a guy, a homeless guy, another homeless guy trying to break into a house a couple of doors up uh, a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And the guards, the guards were called. Um, my neighbour called the guards. Um, the guards phoned her back 15 minutes later saying, is he still there? And she said yes. And that's Jacinta talking to me Friday. We're throwing out the, the broader question and we'll hear from the Lord Mayor in, in a while. We're standing by to speak to Councillor Deirdre Ford. But just on the question out, particularly to women listening to us this morning, but men too. Men too. Do you feel safe on the streets of Cork? And I don't just mean the city. The city and the towns and the townlands of Cork. Do you feel safe in the streets on this 23rd day or 20th day of um, February 2023? Do you feel safe on the streets? Did you feel safe on the streets over the weekend? I was out Friday night. I must say I felt safe enough in the city centre, but I did make one very clear observation, which I'll tell you in a minute. I'm a big strapping lump of a fella. I don't think I'm going to be anybody's target for intimidation. At least I hope not. So, particularly for women, do you feel safe on the streets at this point in time, as they say? Now, Tina got on to us after hearing about Jacinta. Tina, you live in the same place. And you'd agree with every word she says. Morning. Oh, God, definitely, yeah. Um, I wouldn't be a regular walker, but a couple of times a year I do walk for charity, you know, three to a hundred steps in a, in a month or whatever, you know? Yes. And I am doing that in March for a dear friend of mine that passed away from cancer on Valentine's Day. Okay. Sorry to hear that. I want to dedicate the walk to him, but at the moment I don't feel safe. At the time I'm able to go out walking, I don't feel safe walking on my own. 
Yeah. What kind of things have you come across? I mean, you could be walking down the main street and you could be overtaken by young fellas and they'd nearly push you into the window of the shop like. Yeah. You know, and I heard there recently that there was an, a lady out another road in the same place. Some fellas stopped her and asked her for a cigarette and she doesn't smoke the same lady. And she said, I don't have one. And they just hurled abuse at her. Yeah. It's, it's, it's awful, like. When I used to do these walks before the last one I did was for Laura Lynn and I had no bother going out at half nine, ten o'clock at night. Yeah. You know, I could walk around the ring. There's a good, decent ring around where I live. And I had no problem doing that. But I would, there's no way I'd do it on my one online. And, and what is it you feel, Tina? Is it intimidation? Intimidated, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, if I saw someone coming towards me now that I didn't know, I, I just, I'd, I'd probably just double back, like. Yeah. And I really, this walk is really important to me because of that friend of mine. He was such a dear friend, like. Mm. And is this a place you've lived all your life, Tina? Yeah. I've lived here for 30 years. And is this only recently that it has changed? It's only in the last, I would say, six, eight months, you know. Really? Maybe up to a year ago. Yeah. I mean, I would have no problem coming home at half past nine at night and walking that ring on my own in the middle of winter before. Now, not a hope. Right. And have you ever actually been physically approached even? I was approached outside a shop in the town square about a month ago by this man who clearly liked her since said the other day had psychiatric problems. Right. And he offered me some tablets. And I said, yeah, I don't need these tablets. But he kept insisting that I take the tablets. Right. So I just took them and he went off for himself. He didn't want money for them, he just gave them to you. No, he was just giving them to me, like, as much as to say, you know, presently, like. Right. And I just obviously binned them, but they turned out to be Puritan, and they were nothing. Allergy tablets, yeah. And, like, he was around again during the week now, and he's just, he clearly is in the need of psychiatric health, like. Yeah. But again, to second what you sent to said. You'd be worried about him, like, yeah. He's, he, yeah. The, the chances are he's probably harmless, but it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like that, exactly. He probably could be safer than someone we know, but at the same time, we don't know, you know? Yeah. And as we discussed with Jacinta, there is a guard at the station, but would you ever see a guard walking around? Never. I haven't seen a guard walking around in about two years, I think. Some people say if you see a guard, you feel a bit safer. Would you? Oh, God, yeah. Definitely, yeah. I mean, they're going, there's, there's up to 20 guards in the town, like, and I, I don't know what they're doing because we never see them. Yeah. Would you see a car now and again? Oh, you would see a car. You're driving around in that time, yeah. But you'd prefer to see some one or two walking around? Someone walking, yeah. Or even if you rang them nine times out of ten, if you ring the station here, you'll get through to the main station, which is in another town. Yes. So, like, it, that's you're waiting for a guard to come from... So even town though there's 20 guards stationed in your town, if you ring the station, you'll get the neighbouring town or the district headquarters? A lot of the time, yeah. And so by the time they get there from district headquarters, all hell could have broken loose. All hell could have broken, broken loose. It's dead right. And again, there's no blame to the ordinary guard for this. This is just the way oh, they're... No, 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 no. It's just the way the system is like. But, you know, I I just, it's, it's hurting me to feel that I can't do this walk for this person because, you know, when he was 
just diagnosed terminally ill, I said, this, I'm going to do this for this man, like. I know. Because he was so, so good to me all my life, like. You're coming into the time of year now where the evenings are getting longer and the weather's getting milder and you could go out and do your walk, but, but you're, you're thinking twice. I'm thinking twice. No, I'll try and fit it in during the day, maybe. Yeah. But, you know, that'll be, that'll be hard. But at the same time, I'm, I'm determined to do it for him, like. Yes. Tina, even the Lord Mayor of Cork now is speaking out about not feeling safe herself in, in certain parts of the city. So this is widespread. Well, this is widespread. It's not just a city thing anymore, no. Thanks for talking to me today. Take care. No problem at all. Bye-bye. Cheers, Tina. Yeah. Um, so that's another call from the same place that Jacinta is in. And indeed, we had lots of messages over the weekend from various parts of the city and county of uh, women, women in particular. Now, men, to be fair, men, we have this advantage in life. We're less likely to be targeted. Uh, Kate Wood said, I'd, I would have said I feel safe, but having thought about it now, I wouldn't wear earphones and I carry a whistle around my neck. So I suppose I don't really feel that safe after all. I think if you're aware of your surroundings, it's probably okay. I think if you have noise-cancelling headphones, you could be a sitting duck. Another point I'd like to make is that people often depend on the fact that many cars pass the route as they walk. You hear nothing in the car, really. Is that what you mean, Kate, that if there's a lot of traffic on the road near where you're having your walk that you feel a bit safer? But you're making the point that, sure, look, if you're in the car and driving, you're not going to spot anything happening on the side of the road. Is that the point you're making? Thank you. 0818 96 96 96. I'll chat with Lord Mayor Deirdre Ford next. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96FM. Viva Las Vegas with Addis Dermot Kennedy. Get yourself on that plane. I got heaps of chances for you to qualify for this amazing prize. I am the biggest fan of Dermot Kennedy. I see you guys have been spammed with my text messages <laughs> over the last few days. Win your way to Rugby's Champions Cup Final VIP style. Sweet Jesus. Oh my God, Simon, I love you. All that and the best tunes on your radio in the afternoon. Simon Murdoch, midday to 4pm. With Clonacilty Veggie Sausages, a taste you love, made with fresh vegetables. On Cork's 96FM. So as I was speaking to Jacinta on Friday and uh, Tina, who also lives in the same place, was listening to Jacinta and uh, called us to make her own point this morning. The Lord Mayor of Cork, Councillor Deirdre Ford, was speaking to Paul Byrne of Virgin Media News and she said in an interview that went fairly viral on Friday and into the weekend and she appeared on many other programmes as a result of it that there were parts of Cork City where she now effectively fears to tread. Lord Mayor, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Um, The first thing I'd like to say to you is there isn't a woman in Ireland that wouldn't walk down a particular street at a certain time. I'm sure that's the feedback I'm getting from people. Obviously, late at night could be, 
you know, the most obvious time you would say there are certain streets which are poorly lit would be unsafe. But also during the day now, uh, they're telling me, you know, that uh, there's a lot of people around that maybe, you know, wouldn't have good intent. And therefore, people now have to take care, particularly women. I think that would be a fairly normal response. Are there particular parts of our city where you personally would not want to go? Well, what, without stigmatising any of the streets, because as you're aware, PJ, the local authority have spent fortunes in conjunction with businesses trying to upgrade and encourage outdoor dining, festivals mm. and improving, you know, footpaths and all that. You would know the streets as well as I, but I think it would be unfair to name them. What I can say is on foot of the media, I got emails from businesses in the city telling me that they were demented from antisocial behaviour. But all this has come about because I believe, and I think that most people will agree with me, we need more visibility of Gardaí on the streets in Cork. There was a very good report of the numbers of Gardaí now compared to the number of Gardaí 10 years ago. And pretty much all of our major stations are down as much as a third in their in their numbers. This is the thing you see, policing has changed drastically. As you know, you know, it, it could go from a speeding fine to the most dreadful crime. I also believe that we haven't enough visibility of foot soldiers on the ground. I think this reassures businesses and residents alike and visitors that our streets are well policed. Something I put out on the programme last week, Lord Mayor, is I asked people, your own local Garda station, when is it open? Mm. When can you go in there to do something other than just sign a, a passport form? If you ring the guards, where do they come from? It doesn't take a PhD to know that if you see a guard in the street, there's a less likelihood of you being victim of a crime. That is the nub of this, really. And I know it's difficult. There are piloting projects in Wexford, Longford and Dublin at the moment. It's called the Local Community Safety Partnership. And those partnerships include all the statutory agencies, including local authorities, TUSLA, HSE and so on. And I'm anxious that we would maybe have a pilot in Cork to see how it would work. Because at the moment, if there's a drug issue, uh, you know, the Gardaí are called out and then it might have to go to a different agency to be resolved. You know, businesses have an issue with uh, people coming in and being aggressive on their premises. I saw a video yesterday, I won't name the premises, but it's not my authority to do so, where a guy came in and was aggressive uh, to the security guy at the door and they tried to get him out and eventually he was pushed out the door but he came back in and he hit the security guy he hit an awful belt in the back of the head mm-hmm. like this happened at nine o'clock in the evening and I'm not saying the guards can be there for everything but I do believe that more visibility on the ground is very important. Cork is a beautiful place to live and the businesses are thriving. We have a huge future ahead of us in terms of growth. The outdoor dining and all this lends a particular ambience and we want to keep that safe. We don't want to get as bad as other cities that we hear about where they have terrible trouble. So what I'm saying is, in a nutshell, we do need more visibility mm. and more guardy on the ground. I was in town with 
myself, Lord Mayor, on Friday night at a show out with my daughter. We went for a drink afterwards and she went to meet her friends and I went to get the bus home. And just knowing what you'd been saying, I, I just kept my eyes open. I didn't see a single guard in about 45 minutes walking around the city centre with my daughter. Not one. It's not like long ago, I know, you know, when there were plenty of Gardaí. But, you know, even growing up as kids, if we saw Gardaí walking the streets, we kind of stood up straight and minded our business, yes. you know, as young people. And I think also we need to be protecting the Gardaí. They have horrific things to be dealing Agreed. with. Agreed. We need to talk them up. Safety and law and order is one of the pillars of our society. We can't afford to destabilize that pillar. So we must talk it up. We must support them more. We need more of them. And I know, to be fair, that, you know, the government is trying to attract and the Gardaí are trying to attract more recruits into them. And for some reason or other, people are not viewing it as the wonderful career that it could be and always was. I think that we have to look at why that is. To be fair, Lord Mayor, it's very hard to be a guard these days, I would say. It absolutely is. I mean, I talk to rank and file members all the time and it's one of the hardest jobs to do. So therefore, we should look at ways of maybe supplementing them in some way. And could I say that I'm getting calls as well for more Gardaí in terms of traffic corps because we have gridlock in certain areas of the city. And if a Garda is on a motorbike driving around, you know, people sharpen up pretty fast. And the other thing as well, PJ, is, you know, maybe we should look at the Garda Reserve. Is that even still there? This is the thing. I'm not dreaming of telling the Commissioner or any Garda in Cork their business, but I'm reflecting what people are saying to me, which is the job of the Lord Mayor, without fear or favour. You mentioned the Commissioner, and I know that when you came to office last summer, you, you wanted to, to bring uh, Commissioner Harris to Cork and meet him face to face and talk to him about the issues. Have you managed to progress that any further? I met him at the Garda Ball, but it wasn't really uh, the time yeah. for a sit down heart to heart, as you'll appreciate. But, you know, you'll have to ask the commissioner why he was so busy he couldn't come down. I'm sure that he will come. The invitation remains open. Absolutely remains open. And, you know, it's not given in a confrontational way. I think people will appreciate Cork people like directness. You want Drew Harris to sit across the table from you in your beautiful historic office so you can lay out on that table for him what you see as the problems as Lord Mayor. Well, I want all the players around the table giving their view of where we're doing things right or where we might do things better. And that includes the judiciary, the statutory agencies, the elected representatives, the communities and the young people. Young people have a voice as well in relation to how they would feel safe, uh, have their suggestions how we should deal with the drug taking in the streets. Lord Mayor, I've enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for your time. Thank you, PJ. Cheers. John says uh, in response to that, she's not in opposition, she's part of government, she should be making the points to the Taoiseach and the Tornishta, which is fair, she's a member of a government party, but I think to be fair to her, and I've covered, Deirdre would be my 30 something Lord Mayor to have covered as a journalist, reporter, broadcaster, whatever you want to call me, gobshite, some people would, but she's being more forthcoming than a lot 
of previous office holders um, chain wearers shall we say um, she wants Drew Harris sitting across the table from her to put the issues on that table and uh, she's called now to him personally to come down so far she hasn't had success with that but at least she's trying 0818 96 96 96 your thoughts on what she's been saying are most welcome I've been moving away from this for just a few minutes but I will come back to it because one of the electricity companies has announced a cut in its prices their Pinergy and it's their first price drop in three years but is it really a drop? We'll, we'll check that out next after a break and after I remind you that uh, we're doing this again this week we used to be yep Still that fantastic prize in Vegas to be one trip to Vegas, five days in Vegas, tickets to see Dermot Kennedy, return flights around May. He's on the 19th of May as the gig, and uh, we'll send you out there for that. That's happening again this morning between 11 and 12. We'll play the song, Giants. We'll ask somebody a question and put somebody through to the draw. Dermot Kennedy, live in Vegas, only with Cork's 96 FM. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM. The Cork Diary. Cork's 96 FM. A fundraising cocktail event will take place at the Address Hotel, St. Luke's Military Hill on Saturday the 11th of March in aid of the Irish Sepsis Foundation and in memory of Tracy Corcoran. There'll be music, games, spot prizes and lots more and tickets for the event can be bought on idonate.ie. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie. The Cork Diary. With Cork's because everyone who calls Cork home should have one. Cork's 96FM. So Pin Pinergy has announced this morning that it is cutting its prices uh, by 7.1% from the end of March. They're an independent operator. They're the first electricity provider in three years to announce a cut in prices. Charlie Weston, personal finance editor there, independent, broke this story this morning. Charlie, is this the beginning of a turnaround or have they broken ranks to, to see what's out there? Good morning. Good, good morning, PJ. Let, let's hope it's the beginning of a turnaround um, because they're saying that they're cutting their prices for consumers on the basis that wholesale gas costs and wholesale gas is used for half of the electricity generated in this country. Wholesale gas prices have come right back. They're at the lowest level they've been in 17 months. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> they're still relatively high back to pre-COVID times, but the fact that their wholesale prices have come back means that uh, uh, we should start seeing some price cuts. Now, the energy companies are saying, oh, hold on, we're locked into these long-term expensive contracts, and some of those contracts are a year long, two years but, you know, they would have various different contracts and those contracts should be unraveling. So this is the first cut we've seen in two years. So the hope is that now that Pinergy have cut their prices by 7.1%, which is going to save a household about €183 Euros a year. The hope is now that the big players will have to follow suit. The likes mm-hmm. of Electric Ireland, which is more than a million customers, uh, Board Gosh, Aaron, uh, you know, gas and electricity there, obviously Energy and SSE Electricity, they're the big four, I suppose. Um, this has put a bit of pressure on them now. All we've heard from 
Electric Ireland is that they, they, they're going to forgo profits this year and they're giving 50 euros back to every customer from mm. the electricity side. Uh, SSE Electricity have said they'll forgo profits. But we really need to see price cuts. So this is what this is really interesting. It's the first time we've seen a cut in two years. Mm. And the hope is now we're out of the worst of the, of the energy crisis. It's not over, but we're out of the worst of it, at you, least, PJ. You'd certainly think that we are. But I was, in my own ham-fisted way, Charlie, trying to explain to listeners recently about how they these companies buy their gas months in advance and therefore they're locked into a price. How many months do you know do the companies buy their gas in advance? The, the normally they buy a year in advance. So, you know, they buy, uh, at, uh, I, I say they bought last August. Uh, they, they paid for the price that it was at in August and that gas probably won't be delivered until, you know, months down the line. Uh, but the price they got in August is the price they'll have to pay when they take delivery of it. You know, um, and, you know, if they're uh, gas or electricity, um, they buy, you know, the, the, the suppliers have to buy in the market, in the wholesale market. So that's the problem. These things take a year. Now, Electric Ireland are saying some of the contracts, they're called futures contracts, some of these contracts that they've signed up for are 24 months long, so two years before they unravel. Now, that seems like madness to have signed up to a two-year deal. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, um, but they will have signed various different contracts based on the number of customers they expect to have. And look, at it, in, in, when prices are all over the place, up and down, at, 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 as they have been in the last year, you know, extreme levels of very high prices at some stage, these future contracts smooth out the price. But the problem is, when you sign them at a very high price, at a high level, you're stuck with that price then. Yes. And if the, if, the, if the wholesale prices come down, you, you're locked into that blinking contract. So they're good and bad. And, yeah. you know, that's the excuse energy companies. That's what they're saying, the reason they can't cut prices. But I think the, the fact that Pinergy have moved now, the first to cut prices, it's going to make it very difficult for some of the big players to resist giving something back to the consumers in terms of a price reduction. Something else you've been writing about recently was that the the great discounts you used to get for for switching, they vanished. They are the really good ones are gone. You're absolutely right there, PJ. You know, you used to get forty percent discount for moving your um uh your your business from one energy or gas supplier to another. Uh, you know, they were great discounts. Now you can still get a 10% discount and remember it's 10% off a much higher amount because the average electricity bill now is probably about 2,000 euros a year. That's double what it was. So 10% of that is still 200 euros. It's still a lot of money. Yeah. So, I mean, look, they're still there. So you'd be foolish not to, to switch. Yeah. Don't well, I, I was looking, I was looking to switch recently, Charlie, because I came to the end of an agreement and despite Bonker's best efforts, the most I could get was a couple of quid, literally. Yeah. You know? No, they're not good... They, they, some of them just don't want business because they have, uh, you know, they're, they're locked into these contracts and they bought these contracts based on the number of customers they expect to have. So they don't, don't want thousands of extra customers because they haven't bought, you know, they haven't bought wholesale gas and electricity yeah. for, to supply those. So oh there is that. Look, there's there's two positive things happening though as well, PJ, as well as the first price cut. Uh, we're due another 200 euro credit on our electricity bills. That's due in March. And the levy on our electricity bills, electricity bills to pay for, uh, to subsidize wind energy, it's called the PSO levy, the public service yes. obligation levy. They don't need that at the moment because they're getting so much money for the, the wind that they, the wind power they supply. So we're going to get that back. It's 89 euros. We'll get about 13 euros a month for about seven months mm-hmm. uh, credited to our bills. So, yeah. So, you know, b- between the two of those, you're talking about nearly 290 euros uh, coming to households, at least that, exactly. And if we start seeing price cuts as well, 
it'll help a lot. Yeah. There's an argument going on in government about another uh, energy credit, you know, possibly be announced in, 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 in the next budget in September. Yeah. So, you know, uh, there, uh, it has been absolutely dreadful con- for consumers. Awful. Energy costs are being brutal uh, and, and, and something like 60 of them. But at least I think hopefully we're, we're at the we're at the end of it, the worst hopefully, of it now hopefully. and hopefully things are improving a bit, PJ. And still in the middle of it all, lastly and briefly, you also remind us in your piece today that the Centrica who own Board Gosh rolling in it still. Yeah, look, the generators, uh, the generation part of these businesses are making a pocket, a, a, a packet. Uh, Board Gosh, as you know, was sold for a song to, to Centrica. We sold the power station, uh, Whitegate there. We sold a a lot of wind farms. We sold the, the gas supply business and the energy, the electricity supply business, uh, and Centrica snapped it up. Um, so it's now part of Centrica, this big British company. And Centrica last week reported a tripling of their yeah. profits to three point three billion pounds. That's three point. So it's, ob- it's obscene to hear it in the middle uh, when people are struggling, isn't it? Absolutely obscene, and all through, uh, you know, and they're going nuts about that in Britain, and rightly so. Now, to be fair to them, Borgash's supply business in this country lost money. They made money on the power stations, but they lost money on the supply business. So, but you know, this parent company is, you're right, absolutely rolling in the dash. That is, during a, an energy crisis, that just would, seems immoral to make so okay. much money. You have a very sour taste in your mouth, doesn't it? Charlie, thank you very much. Charlie Weston, personal finance editor of the Irish Independent on the day that Pinergy becomes the first electricity company in a heck of a long time to announce a cut. Now, it's not a huge cut, given that they put their prices up. Uh, quite substantially, only recently, but it's the start, and hopefully Charlie says it's the start of of something to come. Mary, good morning. Listen, Peter, I'm just listening there. Like, why we didn't know what price we'd be paying for our gas until our bills landed on our tables or or in our email inboxes or wherever they come yeah. in. Like, so the companies knew what price they had committed to paying twelve months ago. That's the understanding of it. Yeah, how they buy they they buy at yeah. the increased wholesale prices. Yeah. So why wouldn't all the supports put in an advance if they knew that they would be lending us with all these bills? How do you mean? Why weren't we told? Why weren't we told twelve months ago? Listen, your bill is going to be horrendous. You'd want to start putting something away now, yeah. or you're going to be in trouble in January. I suppose, Mary, and I see your point, and it makes sense. The dogs in the streets knew electricity and gas were only. Yeah, but we didn't way. know how we. Yeah, but we didn't know how. Like the thing is, we started to pay. We didn't like we're now. If my reading is correctly, we're now using gas that they paid for twelve months ago. Yes. Like when when the prices started going up, they went up straight away. Even That's though right. we were using gas That's that they right. had bought twelve months previously. That's right. Yes, and the gas that... Oh, I know where you're going now. So yeah. the gas we were paying for last February was an yeah. awful lot cheaper than the gas we're paying for now. And and do you think that our providers should have, what, warned us and said, look, it's going to get well, like more... the thing is, sorry, they made money. Huge money. They put up the prices straight away. They did. Okay? So they had bought that gas cheaply, but we were paying the increased prices for it. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit like these. And things. now we're going to have to keep paying the increased prices that they paid 
for the gas we're using now. These these things have a, have a hell of a habit of going up much faster than they come down to, which is what we worry about. Yeah, well, that's what I mean, that kind of thing. They had bought that gas cheap, but the minute the prices went up, they started charging us more. True. Instead of saying, we are now paying more for the gas, we'll be giving you in 12 months' time, save for... We're, Leaving you the cheaper gas because that's what we paid for it. I understand where you're coming from. Save your money, and you need to like. Yeah. They could have helped us yeah. offset the costs that I understand. we're paying now. Yeah. Something, for example, that a lot of people do that I know, and I did it for a while. I haven't done it recently now, but I did it mm-hmm. for a while. Was that I used to pay my gas bill was the best example. I used to pay my gas company the same amount of money exactly every the month. Level pay. Yeah. Every well, I, I I wasn't on a deal with them. I just gave it to them every month. Right. When I okay. got paid, I gave them the same amount yeah. of money, and I was coming into the summer bills. My June now, admittedly, we would go on holidays in the middle of this, but my July and August bill was often like credit. thirty quid, or maybe even in yeah. credit. Yeah. 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 You know? That's that's the way. Which, but you see, um, PJ, the gas actually are a case in point because I always when I change provider, you have to have you have to be with a provider for the gas now the smart meters are fine because the electricity is easier but because they can read it easier i suppose like they have the smart meters on them but the gas you have to have two bills which means you have to have four months minimum that's right with them before they that's put right. you onto this level pay which so if you're changing we're told to change our providers every 12 months so that's and true. if you have to wait four months in yeah before you can go to a monthly the only great thing about changing every month and I, 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 or changing every year, and as I said, I did it last year for yeah. the first time, and I will absolutely say I saved money. I'm very glad yes. I changed, and I saved money without a doubt. I saved money. Se- yes. Several hundred euro, if not more, I saved, Mary, and I'd be honest. Yeah. yeah but absolutely. one advantage to that is now I get all my bills electronically, so I don't have to go searching. I don't have to go searching behind the bread bin for a bill. Oh, absolutely. You know? I know, <laughs> you know that. There yeah, is that, absolutely. like. Absolutely. But, like, you know, and, but, like, you know, there's a lot of different things, I think, if you're with, the, like, again, now there was people talking about, you know, that the that you get the benefit. My electricity bill is in credit because of the 200 euros yes, that I'm being fleeced on. But I'm being fleeced on my gas bill. And you can't move. Because, and, you see, I don't have electric. I use gas for cooking. Yes, and you, yeah, so and you can't bigger, move it so. back and forth. And the reason you can't move it back, and I didn't know this until last week, the reason you can't move it between one and the other is that... Not everybody has gas, but most oh, every household absolutely. has electricity. But I'm saying if 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 you're but like if you're in a dual fuel situation, there I you. would think that maybe yes. your your fuel should be packaged in a way. Fair point. You fair, know what I mean? Point. It should be one bill. It's fair. much easier to. Tis one, one with, bill. You know what I mean? Fi- one, one bill, bill with all the figures and on pay it. it monthly. Exactly. Good point, Mary. Thank you for that. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Here is hoping. That pin, pin, pinergy. Do you know what? I'm all morning doing this. Liam was laughing at me. I'm all morning calling it flipping Pinterest. It's pinergy. <laughs> Pinterest. The reason I call it Pinterest is I live with a Pinterest addict. I do. I live with a Pinterest addict. So I keep calling it that. Pinergy have then been the first to, to drop their prices a little. So hopefully... Others will follow. There was commotion around Douglas last evening. No one seems to know what happens. The guards had no record of anything when we were in contact with them last evening. I gave their official response in a while. Dee, what did you see or did you see anything? Good morning. Well, I was on my way to the East Village to pick up a pizza. 
Right. And down, I was walking down the side of Tesco, on the North Road, and there was a squad car with another, with a guard driving and a guard in the back with a man. Right. And then behind that, there was two armed response units. I thought, my God, what happened? So what I went down the end of the About half five, six. Right. So I went around the corner and inside the garage were three more cop cars and they're all standing around talking. So then I went to collect my pizza and the girls were there and said we were utterly terrified. They ran out and locked the door. There was guards said running everywhere. This is the Oak Fire shop over near the East Village, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And she said they were terrified so they locked the door. She said there were guards everywhere. And they said next, they went down the side of the buildings across from them and they came out holding a jacket. So whoever they were after must have ditched their jacket <laughs> to make them themselves look different. But they caught him anyway because it was definitely someone in the first squad car in the back. Crikey. Seems like a, a big response for one guy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you look, were looking for a guard last night, you wouldn't have got one. Because <laughs> they're, they're, they're all in Douglas. They're all in Douglas. <laughs> There was definitely something went down. So this is between five and six? Yeah. Right. And so you were coming from Tesco's down that street there, down yeah. towards the cross with the Barry's North and Triscoll's. The North, yes. And and <laughs> through, through, the, through the village and then down to Oakfire and all this yeah. activity was going on. I was yeah. sitting at home that time watching a film with the young fella, so I was blissfully unaware. But Fergal... <laughs> Fergal, Fergal mentioned it to me, and he contacted the the guy at the press office, yeah. um, as as he did as as you do. That's what we're supposed as to do. do yeah. And he said we cannot at this time. This is what the, the press office said. We cannot at this time locate any reported incident matching the details provided. And this office <laughs> has not been made aware of anything at this time. If we hear of anything, we will let you know. Now you've told us more in two and a half minutes <laughs> than, than than the guy at the press office told us all night. Yeah, and we well, still don't know what happened. We still don't know what happened. Like. What happened? No. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. Crazy. D, thanks for that. Detect- Detective D on the... Yeah. On the B- <laughs> we'll, keep, we'll keep your details for future references. So what did happen in Douglas last evening? I do a thing on every Sunday evening. Well, it'll probably finish up now in the spring when the weather gets better. We do other things. But I watch a, a movie every Sunday with the young fella um, and yesterday we sat down and we watched a, a Terminator movie that's the kind of stuff we like like big big boys toys movies but Fergal was messaging me to know had I heard anything from Down Douglas and no and he messaged or he emailed formally emailed the press office on foot of the responses we'd had or the messages we'd had and that's what he got <laughs> the guard the press office has nothing but D says there was four squad cars, two armed response units. The people in the old Oak Fire Pizza ran in and locked the door. So terrified were they. The guards then disappeared down one of the alleyways or one of the streets and came back with a jacket. But there was one fella in one of the cars that looked like he'd been arrested. What on earth was going on in, in Douglas last evening? Does anybody know it all? 0818 96 96 96 Join the conversation This is the Opinion Live With the Cork City Marathon Take on your next challenge this June By running solo or with a team Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM The Minds are live Hello 
Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. 96 Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion mine with PJ Coogan. Coach 96 FM. Liam is in Carrick Navarre. Liam, hold on for me a little while. I'll be with you in about a minute to clear some paperwork here. You know the drill, don't you, mate? 0818969696. Michael was on to say, we spoke, you and, he, you and I, Mike, PJ, on the gas bill. Yours was €600, Euro, ours was 905 This time last year it was 250 They generally arrive within a couple of days of each other. The electricity arrived yesterday. It was only €25, Euro, I'm embarrassed to say. It does include the refund and the subsidy and all of that. So they got the 183. And the, yeah, so after, after all the discounts were taken off, 25 euro was all Michael's bill was. Good for you, Michael. He says himself and the wife are frugal in the use of electricity. Although when their daughter comes home, she switches on all the lights and leaves them on. Best wishes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I can identify very much with the daughter coming home and turning on all the lights. Michael also loved the story of the lost ring last week. Yeah, that was lovely. That was a lovely way to end the week when we got that wedding ring back to its to its owner. Thanks for that. 0818 96 96 96. Also coming up later this hour, a woman has contacted us in a desperate state. She is desperately upset, reaching out for help, whether she comes to us or wherever we'll try. She's written to us because she thinks she's found her husband having an affair. And I'll get to that email in a little while. And we've lined up somebody maybe to advise her who has read her email and maybe to advise on the whole thing. But now, Liam and Carrie Navarre, guards and crime. And when did you last see a guard on the beat in your locality? Good morning. Oh, over down. Um, well, as I said in my text, the last time I saw a guard walking the beat in the village was 1987. Get away. So at that time, there was actually three guards in the village and there was only one now. And he's only part time. He's only obviously he can't work twenty four seven. So you know, you're just kind of taking your chances. And if you ring, if something happens, if you're relaxing something, they send the guard from Gran or from I or Mallow. And at one stage, they were coming from Cove. And is there no guard station in Carrigan? Guard station, but like you never see anybody there. Yeah, right. And it's not some places are. So small, it's the side room of a private house. It's not that small, is it? No, no, it's a proper building. It's the size of a bungalow, like. I see. And no, you, no. like, if you went up there this morning, you know, to try and get a passport formed or report that your house had been burgled. I, I actually had to get a form signed uh, well, two years ago, and I was just lucky. I was passing one day in the car. I was there, and I went in and went to all the, the rigmarole. But my daughter had to get a form signed last year, and I ended up having, I got... I was looking enough, I was able to get a mobile number for the local guard and I arranged to meet and blow her. Right. Other than that, I'd be probably still waiting. Yeah. No, as I say, I'm not blaming the guard. He's no. doing the best he can. Yeah, of course. Like, there's... We're, we're being told all the time that... And sorry, Liam, enough. when he's around, does he use the guard station there? Oh, he does, yeah. He'd be doing... Well, I suppose he'd be doing paperwork or whatever, like... But, I mean, he has a massive area here. This is all rural here, area here, like... And, yeah. You know, it's not like walking around the town and... There you are, like. Yeah. And what's you you do off the top of your head? Do you know the population? Oh, I don't. Yeah. But in fairness, 
Carrying there will spare the worst excesses of the Celtic Tiger. Like we didn't have a massive population explosion that like you get in some some of the villages. I but know. I mean, that time there's, there is more death, more people living here now. But as I said, there was there was three guards in the village. No, only one. Yeah. Only one, and the, the, the little station is, is tiny, and there's never anybody there. The, the line isn't our friend Liam, but thank you very much. The last time Liam saw a guard on the street in uh, Carrigaline was, um, sorry, Carrig Navarre was 1987. The population of Carrig Navarre in 2016 was 509 people. Thank you for that. I imagine the hinterland was considerably more. It has a guard station. It used to have three guards. Now it has only one. And he comes from another station and he spends time in their local station, presumably doing whatever paperwork he has to do. But the Carrig Navarre guard station might as well not be there. And there's plenty more stations like that around the county. That was part of the the numbers we did last week on the programme. Not only the, the major stations whose gather numbers, gather complement, as they call it, is down by anything up to a third, but loads of stations that actually don't have a guard at all. In the country, there's over 40 guard stations that don't have a guard at all. Cork has five of them. What's the point of having a guard station if you don't have a guard in it? And the place that Jacinta and, and Tina have been talking to us about, they have a roughly 20 guards assigned, but there never seems to be anybody there. And if you ring, it's the district headquarters in a town, which I can tell you straight is about 12 miles away, uh, that comes to see them. So there are no guards out there. And we're not blaming the individual guard. Why are there so many empty guard stations? Why would you leave a guard station in say Carrig Navarre or as Kate said last week Carrigaline where I lived for many years that Garda station never seems to have anybody in it Douglas Garda station never they're, they're clearly in there because there's cars and bikes outside and they obviously have a lot of work to do and the blessings of goodness with them with that work but if I if my house has burgled this morning in Douglas where I live if I go down to report that burglary at the Garda station in Douglas which is like three minutes run down the road, less in a car, obviously. It's from Toker, they'll come. Like, it's just sudden ridiculous, to say the least. 0818 96 96 96. Uh, the gather response in Douglas yesterday. A guy caught two boys, a few more of them ran away. I live there. I see them every day around that building. It's a drugs problem. It's getting very scary in Douglas. There's a lot of activity around the old bank. Ah, this would be the old Ulster Bank. Wouldn't it be the old Ulster Bank or was it? Yeah, old Ulster Bank across from Barry's in behind that. Of course, you're at the East Village. Now I know which. Thank you for that call. It was like watching a movie yesterday. Yeah, because. <laughs> yes, yes. And a scary one at that. The Ulster Bank or the TS? No, the TSB is at the other end of the village. But yes, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Those are the regular. Morning, PJ. I have a question. If I'm moving electricity and gas providers after a closing bill, the government credit will still be on my account as I got the credit two weeks ago. What happened to that credit? Should they pay that back to me? 
asks Dylan. That's something that's dealt with, and I can only speak for bonkers because it's through them I did my switching. That's something that's answered on their website. I know switcher.ie is another website. And the providers, who do, the, the people who do the heavy lifting on the switch, they will explain it to you. It's, it's a little bit complicated, mind you, to be honest. Hi, PJ. Listen, is your program about women being attacked? It would be ideal if someone could come up with a panic alarm that can be connected to your phone through Wi-Fi to contact all your family phones so the minute it goes off, the location is sent to a family member. There are some measures like that, says Fergal, for both iPhone and Android. Check it out with your phone dealer. I seem to remember we talked to someone about, was there an app it was an app and it would be on your phone and if you were in trouble, the app would send out messages to a couple of trusted people. I, I seem to remember we talked about that last year. Now, someone, people, some people are making the point that these attacks and women feeling unsafe were always there. But they're more prominent now because of social media. Chris is making that point. This has always been the situation in the city. We just hear of it more these days because of social media, says Chris. One thing that seems to be happening in the city centre, and I'll leave it at this before going to a break and moving on to a different topic of conversation, although I will come back to it because it's busy. One thing that seems to be happening, I was in town Friday night, went to see Ross in the Opera House. He was brilliant. He's one funny devil, I tell you now. Went to see Ross Brown in the Opera House with my daughter and we went for a, a pint afterwards the two of us in Jim Cashman's where my old friend Brendan McCarthy is still de- DJing I'd say they'll bury him with the place but anyway we had our couple of drinks and a bit of a laugh and she was going off to meet some of her friends and I was going to get the bus home this was about maybe what quarter past twelve there was a bus due in ten minutes so I wandered off down to the Grand Parade to take my position for the bus looked up at the sign to look bugger, I'll be 20 minutes, not not 5 minutes or 10 minutes. So I said I'd as you would, after a couple of pints and a night out, wandered across to Hillbillies, thinking do you know what, now I had an awful goo on me for a chips and curry <laughs> out of Hillbillies. Do you know, there are a few pleasures in life like chips and curry out of Hillbillies when you're waiting for the bus. Hillbillies on a Friday night, and this is not a take at Hillbillies now, they're closed at midnight on a Friday. Now, I put that up on Twitter and someone said it's a sign of the times because there's just so much trouble and so many dodgy characters around that part of town that a lot of the fast food shops have started to close early because there's just too much trouble. I went home very much the loss for my not getting my chips and curry, even though I'll probably save myself from myself as you go. 0818-969696. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. So I'm happy to come back to crime and safety in the streets and where are the guards why are all the guards stations empty happy to come back to that uh, throughout the course of the morning if you want to do so the Dermot Kennedy is between 11 and 12 today we were looking well we will be playing this song looking to put someone into the draw we used to be giants alright that's our song today 
And when you hear that song, you text or WhatsApp us and we'll ask somebody a question, hopefully put them in the draw for the massive prize of Dermot Kennedy live in Las Vegas on a five-day trip with spending money and the best hotels. Now, got this uh, recently and I'm going to read it for you. Hi PJ, I'd like to stay anonymous due to the subject matter of this email. I've been happily married over 15 years. I have two young kids. I'm in my late 30s. Recently, my husband has been very distant with me. While it's not something I'm proud of, I checked his phone last weekend. I found really inappropriate sexual messages from a woman I don't know. It looks from the messages like he has been going to meet her in hotels in the evenings while I'm at home with the kids. As part of his job, he travels a lot, so I've never suspected anything when he's had to work away from home. I'm heartbroken and I'm scared. What should I do next? I'm a stay-at-home mum. He, he deals a lot with the finances, so I'm petrified to tell him that I know what he's been up to, just in case he leaves me for this other woman. Has he been doing this for years? I feel sick to my stomach and I feel so alone. I've not told anyone else. I have a sister up the country, but I don't want to tell her as I don't want to be judged. I don't know where to turn to next. Please, can any of your listeners help? Has anyone else been through this? I feel sick every time he lies next to me in bed at night. Thank you for listening and any advice from your listeners would be hugely appreciated. Name and address, as they say, withheld. Then you can see why. So... We, we threw this around the office to know what we might do. And there's a book written by a woman called Tracy Shorn, which the book is called Leave a Cheater, Gain a Life. And she calls herself the chump lady. And she deals in this kind of thing. And she has a website and she has social media. And she advises people on what they might do if they find themselves in the situation that our listener finds herself in. So... With her permission, we passed on the email to to Tracy, the jump lady. And uh, Tracy, you have been reading it. Um, but, but let's get one thing out of the way first. Chump lady? What does that mean? Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Uh, well, chump lady is, is my pen name. Um, and I chose chump, the word deliberately. Um, I'm not sure the meaning in Ireland, but here it sort of means to be played for a fool, a, a stupid person. And a lot of the language around infidelity, I thought, um, was kind of soppy and soft. And I, you can't be chumped unless there's a con artist, unless there's somebody chumping you. And that's very much the dynamic. So, so chump lady. And now it's sort of a term of affection. And the people who read my site call themselves chump nation. And yeah, it's, it's worked its way into the lexicon. Yeah, it's not any sense of if your partner is cheating on you, it's your fault, no? No, let's start with that. It's not your fault. You don't, we don't have superpowers. And if you had a superpower, it would not be a rejection. You would not make someone cheat on you. So you don't drive people to abuse you. Like you don't drive them to drink and you don't drive them to hit you. You don't drive them to cheat on you. I got you. Okay. So I guess start with your own story, Tracy. You, you married in 2006. How quickly after your marriage did you realize you were being chumped? 
pretty darn quickly. Yeah, six months. Six months after I married this fellow, um, his mistress of 20 years called me. <laughs> so I had no idea. And yeah, I was completely and thoroughly chumped. He had a double life going back decades. He was a civil servant. He had a security clearance. He seemed like a solid citizen. And yeah, these people are out there. Um, yeah, anyway, she called me and, uh, and informed me of her existence. So right. yeah, so it took me a while to untangle myself from that situation. But when I went through it, um, you know, all the resources back then, and unfortunately still now, were what did you do to make this person cheat on you? And how are you going to improve yourself to win him back? And, and the number one best-selling title in the U.S. at the time was, My Husband's Affair Was the Best Thing That Ever Happened to Me. I think the author is Anne Brecht. And honest to God, she was on Oprah. That's like a real title. And I thought, there's, that was not my experience. My experience was getting out of this abusive relationship, because I, I think to cheat on someone is abusive. It was the sanest, best thing I did. And I was wondering, where are the stories of people who leave cheaters and have better lives and saner, happier lives? And so I created the kind of resource that I wished existed when I went through it. So that's how Chump Lady came to be. Did you just leave or how long did it take you to leave? Um, it took me, it took me about, well, Im immediately it took me about two months, but there was like a back and forth thing. I was probably a divorced about a year later, but I was vulnerable. I mean, I had just moved my life to be with him. Yeah. It took a lot of lawyering and, and this particular individual got very threatening when I tried to leave him. So I had to get the police and yeah, oh. it was, it was ugly. Very ugly, yeah. and unfortunately. And then... Once you managed to extricate yourself from that situation, how did we go from there then to a book and a website? Yeah, well, you know, like a lot of people, I, I got out of this nightmare and thought, you know, that's it, you know, just going to go live my life and that's over. <laughs> you know? mm. and, um, and a few years later, I, I very happily fell in love again and remarried. My husband's a Texas trial lawyer, or was at the time civil rights lawyer, and um and he also was had been in a marriage, long-term marriage, where his wife was cheating. So we sort of had this in common in our background. And um, and he was very – I'm a writer and come from a publishing background. He's like, you should write a book. and Because I would give people advice online, you know, like people mm. do. And, and I'm like, oh, no, no, that seems like too much. So I started the blog instead, and it got very popular. And I did write a book. And then – so I, I didn't quite know how it would go over in the marketplace, but um, – but I, I got an agent and a book deal and it went over very well. So, yeah. you know, other people were hungering for a different message around this subject. Yeah, you're, you're straight and to the point. You don't pull your punches. And like you say, you don't go with the cliches of old. Now, we sent you on the email that I've just read for listeners. Mm -hmm. We've sent you on that email. And I think your initial reaction is that you've seen it all before. Yeah, I get sad letters like this every day. Um, and... You know, the, the thing that really struck me about the letter, which is not uncommon, is that this woman seems to feel very ashamed and isolated about what's happened to her. At least she doesn't even want to tell her own sister, which mm. is just really sad. And if she was writing to me, the first thing I would say is, it's not your fault. And you should not 
feel ashamed about this. The, pers- the person who should feel the shame, although they won't, um, is your husband. You know, he's mm. the person with the double life. So I think the first thing she needs to do is, you know, get a support tribe, get people that she can talk to and who are there to help her. Um, when I created my site, I was very clear that it was a safe space for chumps, for people who are betrayed. A lot of other places want to talk about the cheater and their motivations or focus on reconciliation. And I'm not about any of that. Whether you stay or whether you go, your first step needs to be protecting yourself. Mm-hmm. Come back a little bit to the shame of it there. She seems... Mm-hmm even too ashamed to, to tell her sister. Have you, have you come to understand, Tracy, or even in your own case, your own experience, where that shame <laughs> comes from? You, why would you be ashamed of something that is being done to you? Well, there's a lot of that out there. Myself, I'm pretty open person. I think within you know five minutes of this happening, I was talking to people because uh, I just couldn't believe it. You're just the walking wounded. Um, but... First of all, where does the shame come from? There are a lot of cultural messages out there that, especially for women, that you drove, and for men too, that you drove your partner to do this. Unmet needs, that you weren't whatever, you weren't sexy enough, you weren't, you spent too much time with the children, whatever the excuse is, that you weren't enough of something and this drove your partner to go cheat on you. And that really just doesn't stand up to scrutiny. There's an ethical decision tree. You could do a lot of things before you do the unethical thing of have a double life. You could have a difficult conversation. You can go to a therapist. You can talk to a divorce lawyer. Nobody makes you cheat. But a lot of resources purported to help people do blame them. There's a lot of victim blaming out there, and there's a lot of that in the culture. Yeah. And I think so. That's that's one area. And then the other area is. When this happens to you, it's so shattering, and you you are in a state of shock and disbelief. And there's a bargaining stage of grief where you think, I must be able to salvage this somehow, and I'll do whatever it takes. I'll, I'll buy the Affair Proof Your Marriage books. I'll buy the snake oil. I'll do it. I'll take it on. And you don't want to tell people because either, A, you don't want them to, t- to like judge you or talk you out of it, but you also... Maybe you know it's a lost cause, but you don't want to tell your sister because she's going to stand up for you. Or maybe your sister, depending on where she is, may blame you for it. You know, unfortunately, that happens to a lot of people. You know, their own parents blame them for it. Um, You know, and men get it too, too. I mean, look, I I don't mean to make it all about women. Men get this too. You know, like, what, what did you do? You weren't romantic enough or you weren't enough of whatever. We do blame people for this. Yeah, Yeah. like if he's the one doing the cheating, you're not. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. To blame here. What I also sense from her is with the two young children, she's afraid to start fighting back now that she knows what she knows. Sure. I mean, she's economically vulnerable. And what I t- and that, that can really keep you caught as well. I mean, you don't want to hurt your children. And there's a lot of messages out there that divorce hurts children. And um, But I tell people, you know, modeling dysfunction to children hurts them too. And w- would you want this to happen to one of your kids? What would you tell them? And, you know, modeling self-respect and modeling protection and modeling strength is all to the good. You know, children need a sane parent. Some children don't get any sane parents. You know, I tell people, you need to be the sane parent. You need to step up. And because this person is, the other person is checked out with their affair, you know, with whatever unicorns they're chasing they're not there so you have to be there for the kids and you can't be sane if you're caught up in this person's psychodrama so i'm not i'm not a believer and you have to stay together for the children (laughs) that's you know focus on your own safety and your own protection and your kids so now that she has discovered what she thinks she has discovered and i use that reservedly because would you agree she now needs to go and prove it does she need to get more evidence before she confronts, or does she confront him tonight? Oh, no, no. <laughs> I mean, my, I, I don't, you know, I'm not there. I don't know what she found, but it, it sounds like she's found receipts and um, messages, and she's heartbroken by whatever it is she found. Um, I advise people, even though it's very difficult, don't confront you know, she should document this. She should line up her ducks. She should find out the financials because this person isn't your friend. This person is kind of your enemy. They're making unilateral decisions for their own benefit. It's it's an abuse of power dynamic. They are being deceitful with you. So you cannot expect them to behave with transparency and honesty. You know, oh, show me the hotel receipts. He's not going to do that, you know? Um, so I tell people, you know, do some reconnaissance at some point and get yourself some help, put together a support team, whether you go see a therapist, whether you get on a community like mine, where you can talk to people who can hold your hand through this. Don't, don't try to go it alone. Or you tell your family, you tell your sister, you find people who have your back. Um, because the person who's been deceiving you has been manipulating you and they're going to continue that strategy. They're not going to have a character transplant and suddenly be a vulnerable, honest person with you because you found out. They're just going to continue to manipulate you and gaslight you and probably only confess to what they think you know. Yeah. Um, 
So the time to get your evidence together is when he still thinks you're a chump and when you're unsuspecting. She needs to be a fighter and she needs to document this stuff. She needs to spend some time getting her ducks in a row. Now also... She, she she found this information by, by looking at her husband's phone, something that she says she's not proud of. But look, she did it. She will probably have a phone number now. Should she confront the other half of this equation? My advice is don't do it. My husband, as I says, a lawyer, and he has an expression in the law, if it feels good, don't do it. Like, it's only going to get you hundred. People have done it, or, you know, they get this advice too late. Um don't do it for a couple of reasons. One, it can backfire on you. You don't. You have children. You may have a custody trial. You don't want to look like a loon, um, and you will be painted that way as someone who's scorned and bitter and whatever. Yeah. Don't don't give them ammunition. The second is this person isn't an honest broker either. I mean, they're going. They're clearly unless they don't know, which is there's a chance of that. How likely is that, Tracy? That they don't know he's a married man with two kids. That could be likely. I mean, some of these people are predators. I mean, sure, he, he, they they may not know, but they might. I mean, it may be somebody that she knows. I I don't really know, but I really think that that's the least of her problems right now is that other person's love life. I, her number one priority should be herself and protecting herself. Um, so, no, I would not confront the affair partner. And the other reason I wouldn't do it is it's what I call the pick-me dance. You know, it's like... People who are cheating on you love this kind of competition between you and the affair partner. You're going to fight them, you know, for the wonderfulness that is the okay. cheater. Okay. And and like, don't don't give it to, don't do that. Don't oh, me. he might like the idea of two women fighting over him. Well, I don't think he'll like the idea of being discovered. But if he's going to be discovered, yes, I think he would like the whole people fighting over him. Yeah. And that's certainly a line of manipulation that people use. Well, I don't know. I don't know which one of us I love. I'm very confused. I have to think about this. And they want to goad people into the and that goes for mistresses too, you know, goading them into these unhealthy competitions for the cheater. And the only winner in this is the cheater, right? Yeah. So I tell people don't don't do that. Don't do the pick me dance. So, yes, don't confront this person. I would just say, focus on yourself, focus on your children, focus on getting what you need to be safe from this person. And I'm not a reconciliation site. I don't advise people to do that, no, but no. people do People do it. And if you're going to do it, you should get, you should still see a lawyer. You need to know what the finances are and you need to not be in an economically vulnerable position with yeah. this person who it, you can't trust. Is it important to protect the children from this, that anything that happens happens when they're out or at school, wherever? Yeah, you know, that that's a, I don't know the ages of her children. Um, no, I, I don't. I don't either. But I'm just assuming that yeah. they are school going. She's in her late 30s. So they're probably school going kids and they're married 15 years. So chances are school going kids. Yeah. So under, I, my my advice, you know, first protect yourself, first see a lawyer, do all those things when things cool down or whatever. I firmly believe that you shouldn't gaslight children, even with the best of intentions. I tell people on my site, talk to children in age-appropriate ways and don't editorialize. So you don't say mom's a slut or dad's a jerk or whatever. You don't use those terms. You just say, like, when it happened to me, I had been a single mother when I met my, you know, ex 
cheating ex-husband, I told my son when you, he was eight years old at the time, when you get married to somebody, you make a promise to be that person's special person and you don't have boyfriends and girlfriends and you don't lie. And, you know, and sometimes things, when people tell lies, you can't trust them. And that's, that's why it has to end. I'll finish by reading an opening line from your book uh, because I'm recommending maybe that this person should probably buy it on Amazon. I'm sorry if you need this book. I'll assume your interest isn't purely academic. You're a chump. You were played for a fool, lied to and left as a carry-on for the divorce, divorce lawyers. Welcome to Chump Nation. And it goes on like that. You don't pull your punches here, Tracy. <laughs> no, but... But isn't that what you'd want from a friend, you know, someone to grab you by the lapels and say, hey, stop being played, right? That's what a real friend would do for you. And there's a thing about friendship, and I often say it. A a friend will tell you what you want to hear. A real friend will tell you what you absolutely got to hear, whether you like it or not. And that's what she needs now, isn't it? Yes, that's the kind of friend that, that I try to be and that the people on my site try to be to each other. And, you know... It's a very hard thing to navigate, and it helps to talk to people who've navigated it. And that, that's, that's the happy ending that I would go, is that there's a really good life on the other side of this craziness and this heartbreak. And, and I wouldn't have been doing this for 10 years unless there was, like, really happy stories and resilience and, you know, the underdog wins. That happens all the time. And, you know, you're... You didn't want this new life, but you're going to get it. So take the reins. Control it yourself. Tracy, thank you for your time today. Thank you. Thank Tracy. The, the chump lady, Tracy Sean. She, she does not mince her words, does she, to be fair to her. Kate says, I think a lot, I think myself, a lot of people stay in a relationship that is bad or not working because the legal side of breakup is incredibly daunting. A lot of people know they should leave, but either can't figure out how to or how it will work with all the dividing up of things. And then they come to a conclusion that it won't work, which is a good point. And then someone, look, someone listening to what Tracy had to say, and remember she said, don't confront or nothing like that. She said, My only advice is this. Sit down and talk it through. You have to decide yourself what you want. You can't live like this. There's no one size fits all, irrespective of what a so-called expert says. If you want to read more about Tracy or buy her book or maybe even send her an email and she'll advise you or join her online forum of people who've been through what she's been through, www.chumplady.com. Dot com. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. This is the Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. So let's look at that line in the email. He deals with a lot of the finances. So I'm petrified to even tell him I know what he's been up to. Just in case he leaves me for this other woman. And she's frightened. She doesn't know what to do. Tracy advises her to get all her ducks in a row before she does anything. Angela, good morning to you. Oh, good morning, Peter. How are you? Good. What would you think she should do? I think definitely my heart is actually going out to this poor woman. It never happened to me, John, thank God, and tip wood. But I would actually tell my family 
and name and I, I'm telling you now, I shame himself. Mm. You know, because that woman now is just going through torture, just keeping everything to herself. Yeah. You know? She says and she has no a good. sister up the country but doesn't she, want to tell her as she might be judged. No, no, no. She should not be judged, PJ. She is in the right. Her husband is in the wrong. Yeah. You know? And her sister should understand that. You know? Yeah. I mean, if she could, if she, in my opinion anyway, she should open up to, to family members or close friends, even, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. Because my heart is broken over. Just to re- when you read out the letter, it's, it's, it's not right, like, you know? Yeah. She, should, she should actually tell someone, open up to someone. Because if it was me and I was in that situation, I would tell my family, our very, very close friends. Yes, she, she must have somebody in her life. You'd hope at least that she has somebody in her life that can say, whether it be a sister or a friend, sit down there, I have something to tell you. Exactly, exactly, PJ. Even if it's a, she doesn't want to tell her sister, obviously she, she has friends, or a particular one friend, mm-hmm. you know, that she tells everything to. Yeah. That's what I would do, that's my opinion. You'd need a friend then who will turn around and be very straight with you, very blunt with you. Exactly, PJ, that you can trust, that you put your trust into, you know. But a friend that you know, like from years and years ago, like that you know, you can tell them something in confidence and they won't go blabbering around the place, you know. Would you agree, Angela, with what Tracy says, that before she does anything, though, she should get as much information as she can? Oh, I'd agree with that, PJ. Get as much as she can. And God forgive me now, PJ, for saying it like she was... like. I know she went for the man's phone. I know that it's not right, but she obviously guessed something was going on, you know, the way he could be acting. She, or... she doesn't She doesn't give that impression. Well, she said, yeah, he's, he, he's been distant with her. And, and right. then she said it's not something she's proud of. She checked his phone. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't be proud of it either, to be fair, but with the distance thing now, I'd be wondering why. So... You know, so that's something that I I would do. Yeah. I would have done in the past if it happened to me. Yeah. You know, I would do the same as that woman, and she's not wrong to do it. All right. So she needs to find somebody to talk to, someone can, she can say, I need you to sit down and listen to me. You can talk at the end, but right now I just need you to listen to me. Exactly, PJ. Just an ear. Just right. an, an open ear. That's all she needs. Okay. And a good one at that. All right. And I say, you know what? I say you'd be fairly good at that yourself. Oh, I'm telling you now, PJ. <laughs> Appreciate the call. Thank you very much. That lady, Angela, is spot on, says Kevin. I hope she's listening. Uh, get rid of the cheat, start a new life and be happy. I got rid of one after being married 30 years. It was the best feeling in the world, the relief and the freedom of it. You go, girl. Don't waste any more time like I did. Best of luck for the future. Well, that's kind of what Tracy is saying. To be fair, um, she's wants her to get her ducks in a row, or as she calls her, ducks in a line, and just make sure. Tell the lady, make sure she gets maintenance for the kids and spousal maintenance for herself. Don't give him an inch. If he wrecks your family, it happened to me too. There's a few people out there affected like this. 0818 96 96 96. This came in over the weekend to Facebook, which is another way you can always contact us. We say when we're off the air and when we're not here at the weekend's opinion at 96fm.ie is a great way to get us, which it is. You can also contact us through Facebook Messenger and just me- just mention 
in the message that it's for us and the lads will pass it on. I want to remain anonymous, but I'm from Cork City, born and bred. Spent most of my years here. I moved out about 10 years ago. I was back tonight to celebrate a friend of mine getting a new job. Hit the city at 6, went to Costigan's, great bar, and around half 10, I wanted to get the bus home. I must say what I saw from Washington Street to Patrick's Bridge shocked me to the core. I headed to Hillbillies for a snack box. It's been a while. I just sat down with my food and an individual came up to me asking for some. I simply stood up and offered him what I'd bought. I walked from there to McDonald's and said, look, I'll get a burger now on my way to the bus. I came out of McDonald's towards the old Eastons. There was a woman and I assume her daughter sitting on the doorstep. They asked me for some food. I handed it to them. The younger of the two literally was so hungry, she was almost eating the burger without taking it out of the box. Is this what our city has become? I will add I must have passed about eight or ten more people on doorsteps before I got to the bus. I reckon it's less than half a mile from where I was to my bus. My heart is breaking and hurting, and I'm worried for my children in the future. Something surely has to change. Thanks for listening. That came in to us over the weekend on Facebook certainly points to ponder there that was sad news I didn't know the man and I wouldn't have known him because he was he spent the major- all of his professional life in fact uh, his priestly life in the States that's Glenmire born Bishop David O'Connell shot at the weekend in Los Angeles uh, they had been treated as murder by the LAPD he was 69 he was an auxiliary bishop um, and the statement from the Los Angeles Sheriff said it's now been treated as murder. Originally from Brook Lodge in Glanmire, he was shot uh, in the house, I, believe, I presume he lived there, Haciendo Heights in Los Angeles, pronounced dead at the scene. Um, now, he was originally from Glanmire. He was ordained a deacon by Cardinal Timothy Manning, who was from Balangiri. And he was ordained by a man called Bishop Joseph Scanlon, who was then the Bishop of Hawaii, who was from Inniscara. The Corconians have taken over the American clergy. Our own bishop locally here, Finton Gavin, said the shooting had sent shockwaves across his native diocese, sympathies, etc. That's a shock. I, I don't know. I knew. I didn't. I didn't know him. Obviously, I didn't know him. He spent his entire priestly life in Los Angeles but it was a sad story sad story a bishop a man from Brook Lodge Glenmire murdered in Los Angeles over the weekend and if you knew him or knew of him he apparently was a, a frequent visitor home to Cork so if you knew him or were friendly with him uh, then our thoughts are with you 0818 96 96 96 Join the conversation This is the Opinion Line With the Cork City Marathon Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM Dermot Kennedy Live in Las Vegas May 19th So kiss me the way Win your way there with Cork's 96FM. Paradise. It's just the most beautiful support from home, so thank you so much.
return flights, five nights in Vegas, spending money, and tickets to see Dermot Kennedy. We used to be dead. Listen to Cork's 96FM weekdays for the hits of Dermot Kennedy. Every time they play, text or WhatsApp in for your chance to win. Once upon a time, I something to someone. Dermot Kennedy, live in Las Vegas. Stay listening to see him for free. Thank you for the support in this music. Only on Cork's 96FM. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96FM. Tons and tons of messages still coming in about God, the presence on the streets and crime and people's fear of walking the streets at night. Also, we're getting lots of responses to do with the cheater and what you should do if you find out your partner is cheating. I'll come back to all of those. Some people believe that we are maybe overemphasizing what is happening in our streets. Like, there is one message that's come in worthy of reading before I move on, if I can find it. It is... Oh, God, look, I'll come back to it. It's gone off my screen. But we'll come back to those. Certainly, the Lord Mayor ignited a conversation on Friday, as did Jacinta and Tina, when we spoke to them on the opinion line. Jacinta on Friday and Tina today about a particular town in West Cork, which, at their request, we're not naming small communities, small town, I suppose. They don't want to be to be singling, singling it out, but... Laura Beer then saying there are parts of the city she won't name them, that's fine where she says she wouldn't feel safe going it's a, it's a conversation that's ongoing and one I will come back to 0818 96 96 96 you remember the last Friday, or was it Thursday or Friday Thursday I think we decided to catch up with the Nicola Bully story this missing 45 year old mom who was missing three weeks last Friday from a most beautiful place called St Nicholas on the Wire in Lancashire, gorgeous part of the United Kingdom. And we spoke to a talk TV reporter, Oliver Whitfield Miocic, who brought us up to speed on where the investigation is, where it's going. And at that point, we had no idea of what would happen at the weekend where a body was discovered. Now, the body has not yet been identified as that of Nicola Bully, but there is no other open missing persons case in that part of Britain at the moment so the assumption is that that's who it is but until such time as it's formally identified that particular discussion can go no further but and we'll return we'll hopefully return and chat again with Ali when, when we know more there but something that happened in the course of the investigation for which Lancashire police are being lambasted right left and centre and it's hard to blame people for lambasting them because you have to wonder what was it worth to the general public to know that poor Nicola Bully was struggling with perimenopause, with menopause, struggling with alcohol? What did it matter to the general public now? Maybe to specialists involved in the investigation. Maybe that mattered something. But it certainly didn't matter to the general public or had they no business at the general public knowing her menopausal struggles, knowing that her struggle, she may have had struggles with, with drink. And I think that story has a bit of telling left in it. But in the course of it, Sally Ann Brady 
who runs the Irish Menopause on Facebook. Sally Ann, you were you were I think quite quite taken aback and quite put out by the description of Nicola Bully by Lancashire Police. Good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Good morning. Um, I don't know if put out. I mean, as you've just said very correctly, so nobody really, really knows what's going on yet and there is no formal ID on, on the body. However, to, to see it brought out there in the public was, in a sense, huge because, sadly, um, these issues are very, very uh, common in terms of menopause and perimenopause with women. Now, I can see every side of the debate, if you want to call it that. Women for for generations have been labelled as unstable and unreliable and apparently some can go a bit neurotic with the menopause. And if society had menopause education, which is what I'm all about, people would understand that it's not that women go mad. And of course, some don't have issues with the menopause at all. But it's the stigma surrounding it. Now, why it was announced about her personal and private struggles, I do not know. But from what I can see, the amount of attention that the case got was unprecedented. And what I saw myself on the internet was just incredible with I think people are naming them armchair detectives with all their own theories and yeah. I, I kind of get a feeling where the police just they felt so cornered and pressurised into telling the public something yeah, or, or perhaps did Nicola's family or loved ones actually say well we want people to know this she has been really yeah. struggling yeah. And, and we don't know if it's even related at all but the reality is Sadly, she's 45. So as, as I say, she's one of us. She's a 45-year-old female in the perimenopause. It's very, very possible. It's very relevant. Do you know, as a, as a man of a certain age, I thank my lucky stars every morning that the few bits that are wrong with me at the basis of the decades I've spent on the planet, I'll never have to go through menopause. But I, I sometimes think, yes. Sally, if, if a man did go through menopause, we'd have sorted it out years ago. Do you share that view? <laughs> Yeah, I do. But, you know, a part of that as well is, look, as they say, it is a man's world. And we know that medicine is is built from the male white anatomy going back as far as Greek times. And that has never changed. And women have been um, oppressed for so long. We now have a voice and we need to use it. And I think part of this is if it was a man's problem, men would, you know, probably stamp their feet and make some noise about it, which is what we're doing now as women, which is wonderful. Yeah. Now you said but that menopause people, needs to be dragged out of the dark ages. Yeah. Dragged. People and reach out for, to you regularly with problems and regularly saying that they're feeling worried about themselves. Absolutely. And this is part of what we do. And part of the reason the Irish menopause began was due to situations and sadly the loss of a life as well. And I won't get into that. But it's something that isn't talked about and it is rather depressing. And I I wouldn't want to be disrespectful to anybody. Um, But the commonest age for suicide in a female is the age of menopause and that's not a coincidence and I think this really needs to be dragged out of the dark ages and we need to actually stand up and realise the impact it can have on some there is all sorts of factors involved particularly genetics and that's why you'll see two women one of them will be bed bound from her menopause and the other one will say I don't know what's wrong with you it's very very individualised a friend who went through menopause quite young um, put it to me, I thought brilliantly, she said, PJ, imagine if you've no control over it 
but your entire body chemistry changes mm-hmm. just because of the age mm-hmm. you are. And I thought, that's a great way of putting it. It is actually, yeah, spot on. And and that's exactly what it is. Um, you know, I, I do think, you know, going back to the original subject here, perhaps um, I don't know what was divulged to, to the, um, the law in the beginning. Perhaps if they had known from the get-go that, there was possibly perimenopause and menopause. It might have changed the line of their investigation or searches because you might be dealing with a different mindset. Yes. Um, this is really common, sadly, and in our community, sadly, we have lost members, you know. Um, it's a very, very sensitive subject. Yeah. But um, it, it, it did emerge. I read in one article last week, Saliana, it emerged there had been a welfare check at her home. Yes. Yes. Now, what that means, you and I don't know. Um, but, you know, what was she? I mean, there's also statements and stuff in the paper saying that she'd been on HRT and had stopped it. Yeah. Um, you don't know what's true and what's not true with the media. Um, These things will emerge. Her family and, yeah, and her family, regardless of what... Her family are broken. Look, and yeah, we don't know anything yet, and it's absolutely heartbreaking. This lady, she's she's a friend, she's a partner, she's a mother, she's a daughter. This is a life we're talking about, and and um, the reality is, she is of menopausal age. And was this just thrown in with it, and maybe not relevant? We don't know. Yeah. But is it relevant that women in the perimenopause and menopause struggle with these things? Absolutely, it is. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Like the the biggest problem I see is perimenopause can start any time from what? Your your late thirties? About thirty five onwards, yeah, yeah. And and that's that's the issue because what happens generally enough with all women is you'd have all these weird and wonderful symptoms that aren't obvious and you'd still be having regular periods, you see. So it normally presents itself most commonly with a new onset type of anxiety. Yeah. Um, I, I understand, again, whether it's true, and I want to reiterate that because nobody knows the truth of this particular story. Alcohol. I mean, addiction can be a big thing. A lot of women, um, for example, will turn to perhaps alcohol or, or even worse, to, to um, self-medicate. I was going to ask you that. Okay. Is, is it common that the like the symptoms of, of perimenopause can, some people can turn to alcohol to try to deaden the symptoms? Yeah, I I mean, there's sort of, there's, there's lots of different angles on this, but you can self-medicate because there's a lot of anxiety. So women will feel sort of normal, inverted commas, when they have a drop of wine, they feel relaxed. It becomes a habit and the habit increases and it can develop into something. Then there's also other factors that, depending on your genetics, as we all know, some families might be more prone genetically to X, Y or Z. Um, addiction can actually be triggered because hormones are involved with your serotonin and your dopamine as well. So it's a very, very complex area. I'm not qualified, so I can't get into that. But I do think um, medicine and psychiatry really need to delve very deep into this. And um, sadly, I I lost my own mother as a result of alcohol in her menopause. So it's very close to heart here, you know. You say that there's hardly a day goes by that someone doesn't reach out to your page Mm -hmm. in in trouble, Mm -hmm. frightened, not knowing what to do. Yes, Yes, and that is the truth. We were heading for 50,000 members now in our community and every day there's always one pretty bad case that we'd keep an eye on, we'd be concerned for. Always one every day. 
And is it because, Sally Ann, we don't, even though it's something 50% of the population is going to go through, mm. that mm. we don't prepare them or the rest of the population for it? Simple as, PJ, absolutely. If everybody was educated from much earlier in life, we'd know we'd be prepared. The same way we're now living in a world where we, we know what puberty is all about. We know, you know, how to support our kids. This is a sort of a puberty in reverse. There's no preparation for it whatsoever. Nobody ever told us anything. We've no clue about our own bodies. Mm. Um I would never have known, for example, that my mental health could struggle when my hormones weren't right. I never would have known I could get aches and pains in my body. I mean, what do sore feet have to do with your ovaries? I mean, that's not logical. No, it's not. And it's it's not, not. is it? Like, why would any woman get up in the morning and think, gosh, I I wonder, is this my hormones when her feet are very painful? And it is because they support every cell in the body. The, Every single cell needs hormones. The comparison to puberty is actually brilliant, I think, Sally-Ann, because we've all been mm. through that. And if I was to quite honestly go back and look at my puberty, God, I must have been a, an <laughs> almighty pain in the arse. There, yes. are those, there are those who say I still am. I remember my own kids going through puberty and the slamming of doors mm-hmm. and, and, and the screaming, yes. you know, and coming out to eat and fight. I remembered that. And then I realized. And this is perimenopause. Looking. You know, that kid is getting those hormones erratically, and we are losing the hormones erratically. So, this is why you've got good moods, bad moods. I love you. I hate you. I don't feel well. I feel great. Hormones are who we are. Yes. Yes, yes. PJ, is it a message? I think if we can look at it like that, it's easier for women to understand. And it's the way I was sort of over the years teaching myself to understand it. I'm also a mother, so it gives me much better understanding of the the madness, and I'll use that word, of what hormones can do. Do you know The moods are insane. You talk about women understanding what's going on with them. It's also important, Sally-Ann, I think, that we men who live with women should understand. yes. Yeah, I do a fair, I'll say a fair bit, not a good bit of work educating men as well in workplace, you know. And um, as I always say, a lot of people can be quite hard on men. I said, well, hang on a second. How are they supposed to understand if you don't? Mm-hmm. Um, let's face it. I mean, if you put the shoe on the other foot, if you come home one day and your, your husband or your partner turned into a completely different person and was being an awfully difficult argumentative with mood swings and... After a while, you'd say, oh, I can't put up with this, yeah. you yeah. know, because you wouldn't, you need to understand. And if a man was to lose his hormones, you would actually see, it's interesting, the exact same thing. You would see loss of libido, erectile dysfunction, depression, weight gain around the middle, mood swings. It's an exact mirror image. Yeah, except we don't it's go... It's just that like, men's hormones don't it, precipitously drop at midlife. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, it's a good point that you made too about the comparisons. Like understanding, as I do now, for example, understanding that my kids didn't actually hate me. You know, that my, my, my daughter yes. didn't actually want me to run away and die. And that we're now... <laughs> she's, now she's now one of my best mates in the whole world. Yes, yes. Right? Yeah. And it is also true that a man's wife or partner, she doesn't hate you. She doesn't want to kill you at all. Yes. You know, and the best yes. thing you and can do is shut up and understand. You know? Yeah, but you know, how how is supposed to 
someone's supposed to understand something that's never, ever been discussed. This because even when I speak to men, they'd say, I'm sure my mother had the menopause. She was fine. You know, and there's so many mammies out there that are, are apparently, you know, difficult and cranky. And that's very unfair. These women aren't difficult and cranky. They're struggling, you know, and we need to be able to support them. Yeah. Someone I know. And there's many amazing men looking for information. It's brilliant when men are looking to support their partners. So there's a, a, an elderly woman of my acquaintance, shall we say, was talking <laughs> to me about the, the way we all talk more about menopause. Jesus Christ. I went upstairs into the bedroom and opened the window and stood there in my nightdress to try to cool down. Oh, gosh. I must have looked like a right lunatic, she said, from the backfield. <laughs> Yeah. And again, these women had no information. There was no internet. There was no support. You didn't talk about it because it was women's business. And, you know, when I think of the generations before us, how they did it, well, hats off them. It is horrific. Well, maybe how maybe a lot and of And we're them, living Sally in Ann, a time now. Maybe a lot of them yeah. didn't do it. Maybe a lot well, of them drank themselves the to death in their late 40s it. and early 50s. Well, yes, as I say, I lost my own mother and there's many, and I'm not going to to be listing people, many have been lost, many just cannot keep up the fight any longer. Um, And and it needs to be dragged out of the dark ages. And it's getting there, PJ, we're getting there. There's so much improvement in Ireland and, and the other countries. It's been talked about everywhere. I imagine there was a time as well at some point where nobody understood what puberty was. What's wrong with all these children? They're getting big and spotty and moody. Even though we've all been there, yeah. Some of the things that people might watch out for, is it fair to say that one of the most awkward things of perimenopause is the age the age range in which it can start. So, you know, women in their late 30s, what should they look out for? Women in their early 40s, what should they look out for? Okay, good good question. And again, you know, now that everyone is talking menopause, as someone told me the other day, it's all the rage, whatever that means. But we don't want, we want to be careful to not be diagnosing ourselves with something that hasn't happened yet either. Women will know we are not fools. We know there's something not right. I'm not sleeping as well as I used to. Things are bothering me. I'm feeling rather overwhelmed. Feeling overwhelmed is very common. Just like your coping skills aren't what they were. Everything is bothering you. You know, you used to be a great multitasker and now you can't anymore. These are all the things that come along first. And and the worrying and the feeling like I'm not able for this anymore. And all of this sort of happens before the physical stuff, usually like the, the typical night sweats, which, by the way, aren't that common. And this is the concern. Women are looking out for night sweats all the time. I have women say to me, oh, no, I've no symptoms. I've no night sweats is how they'll finish the sentence. But they have maybe 10 or 20 other things. So I think late 30s, early 40s, if you're noticing changes in yourself, in your personality, or sometimes women would say they've lost their joy and they think, I'm just getting older. I just don't get excited about stuff anymore. That's a nice way of putting it, actually. I've lost my joy. Mm. Yeah, you just don't, like if someone said, listen, we're going to the Maldives for a fortnight, and you know, oh, that's nice, yeah. But you're not actually that bothered. Whereas if you're 20, you'd be super excited and you'd be packing, you know. Come back to um, there a second to and that, that's, that term, though. Because I know from talking about this previously, Sally Ann, that's a lovely term, lost me joy. If you go to your mm-hmm. doctor, some people, some women, if they go to their doctor and say, doctor, I've lost me joy, or something to that <laughs> effect, right? A yes. lot of doctors reach for the prescription pad 
and yes. they start prescribing antidepressants, which is why you, so many people at perimenopausal years are, are popping antidepressants, which is probably doing them more harm than good. Possibly. I mean, they have a place. Um, you know, we do know from, from the ICGP reference guide and the NICE guidelines that they're not the first line treatment. If a woman is of the age and her symptoms, you know, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. If you're of the age, it's going to be perimenopause. Um, mm. Some women do find that an antidepressant helps them, but, but if it's hormonal, it's not going to because it's the wrong drug. Yeah. You know, for that problem. Although some some of them do and take it, it alongside um, alongside the the HRT. But there's the thing: exactly. you still nearly yeah. have to beat yeah. HRT out of your doctor. Yeah, as I always say, like if you go out for a meal, PJ, you're given a menu, and you get to choose what you want to eat and how many courses you're going to have, etc. When it comes to menopause, I think women should be given, you know, an options. There's antidepressants. There's other non-hormonal drugs. There's do nothing. There's herbal. There's food. There's HRT. HRT is always left off the menu, and we cannot make informed decisions without the information. You have to be able to make an informed decision on your menopause. But what's been happening is you're basically offered everything but what you probably need. Yeah. It was an old myth, and I use that word in six-foot letters, writ large in the size of a building. <laughs> there was an old myth that HRT led to breast cancer. That's practically been debunked. In fact, it's almost been entirely debunked, hasn't it? It has been debunked, but the, but those rumours are still in circulation and we, we deal with it every day and it's nobody's fault. But people believe this, it's what they're told, whether it's told by a mother or a neighbour or, or a doctor. Um, mud sticks. It's one of the worst catastrophes ever globally in women's health and it's still in circulation. It's getting better. Yeah. I mean, we now know that it was untrue. We know that the type of HRT is very relevant. The same way, you know, if I said food gives me awful diseases, you'd say, what type of food? Yes. You know, there's lots of different types of HRT. The type is very relevant. And nowadays, everyone is using the safest type, which is body identical. We don't use the MPAs and the old synthetic stuff that was associated with risks anymore. That's gone out with the mm. dark ages. Here's a couple of messages have come in. Anna says, PJ, before I started... HRT, I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. I felt like a 90-year-old. My back, elbows, shoulders. My knees were swollen. Mm. I walked with a crutch. Two months after starting HRT, Ah. it's all gone. There you go. Sarah says, PJ, men have no idea what their wives are going through because there's been such a stigma to talk about menopause. Our mothers and grandmothers didn't talk about it because it meant we're not the youthful spring chickens they married anymore. Thank God people like Sally Ann are talking out now. Everyone needs to know what perimenopause is. There was this thing, I think, in older generations, Sally Ann, that you just went through it. Soak it up. You yes, don't have to anymore. Socks. You don't have to No, anymore. we live in a time. Yeah, and I mean, we got to remember, this was the same for loads of things in life. I mean, I'm sure there were people all those years ago that were absolutely resistant. I'm not taking an antibiotic. Let me be really sick. You know, these things take time. It's societal change. We now have help. It's the same way we take drugs if we, we have pain relief, whatever. We now have help. We don't have to suffer. And that's the message out there. You do not have to suffer. Mm. Is it and ever too some, late to start HRT comes this message? Is it ever too late to start? Okay. Uh, technically, no. However, 
Within 10 years of your last period, it's ideal. Outside of the 10 years, they refer to that as the window of opportunity. There might be changes in the body that might make it too late to start, particularly cardiac. So if this person who's asking is more than 10 years since the last period, they need to speak to a medic, get their heart checked, probably, and have the conversation. But I've I've heard of people in other parts of the world starting in their 80s even and beyond. Over here in Ireland, I think late 60s is the the latest I've heard. But it's never too late to have the conversation. Mm. And vaginal oestrogen is not systemic HRT and you can take that at any age. And that will really help with some of the symptoms. Uh, Is it true that a lot of our mothers and grandmothers went on to develop osteoporosis, brittle bones, because they didn't have HRT to take? Hormones are very protective of our skeleton, of our bones. And we know that um, it's more prevalent in females than males. Um, we know that post-menopause, we start losing bone. We lose 20% in the in the five to seven years after our last period, for example. Um, and one in two women with osteoporosis will have an osteoporotic fracture. Uh, hip mm. fractures, they're leading, leading cause of mortality. So in short, yes, yeah. menopause yeah. is linked with your bone health. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I urge any woman, whether HRT or not, to have a DEXA scan to check her bone health. And um, mm. because it's silent, you see, PJ, there's no, um, there's no warning signs. And generally women are finding out when it's too late, really. Mm. Is that why, you know, the way you say bone will lose, well, no, it probably happens to men too, but not to the same extent. But mm. is that why, this is going to be an awful silly question, Celia, is this why some women shrink or yes. seem to shrink? Yes, loss of height, yeah. And that can be, um, sometimes you might not have obvious symptoms as you're aging, but, you know, if you've noticed loss of height yourself, that, you know, is a huge hint to check your bone health. Or even if you're you're slouching over slightly, your posture. Um, yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you see people on the street, you know, that are quite hunched over and getting smaller and smaller. That's osteoporosis, yeah. yes. Okay. I will refer people to your website. We could talk all day and I'm ho- I hope we'll talk yes. again sometime soon, Sally-Ann, because it's fascinating to chat with It'll be with my you. pleasure. Theirishmenopause.com yes, is the website. There's a Facebook page as well. People can join that community. Thank you, PJ. And just lastly, this is where we started this conversation. Anyone else, and I just a view on it, I suppose, anyone else feel really cringy with the coverage of the missing persons case, Nicola Bully, the way it's been covered is like a Netflix documentary. Do you think it went over the top, some of the coverage, Sally-Ann? possibly but I guess there's reasons for it Um, I think from what I'm seeing as I said already that the social media the behaviour and what went on and the stories and the accusations and the statements being made were insane and I think I think the police had to do something to try and just stop it because um, Mm. you know it's incredible it's very sad I'm sorry I've had to speak to you about such a thing it's very very sad and I guess it will unfold and we learn more but um, we don't even know yet even though look it it, it all points in one direction we don't yet even know if the body found in the reeds is her body and one assumes assumes it is but we can't make that assumption without certainty it's been a pleasure uh, to speak with you this morning Sally Ann Brady the irishmenopause.com is her website and you can join her Facebook page the Irish Menopause huge community online
That was that went on longer than I thought it would, and I have no doubt we will return to this because you learn an awful lot, particularly fellas, particularly us men who haven't got the first blasted clue. Learn an awful lot talking to someone like Sally. Join the conversation. This is the opinion line with the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's ninety-six. Get ready to meet the Cork's 96 FM Street Fleet. Heading your way soon. Join the Street Fleet this Thursday from 12 at Chemist Warehouse, now open at West City Retail Park, Balancolic. We'll be there to celebrate the grand opening with music, exclusive opening specials, spot prizes, and lots more. Join us this Thursday from 12 at Chemist Warehouse, now open at West City Retail Park, Balancolic, with Cork's 96 FM. So much stuff to try to get through. Um, Leo was on, he said uh, you were talking about the St. Patrick's Day junkets Uh, what I'd like to know is how many people are actually travelling are they taking wives and sweethearts and admins and civil servants, I presume they are people shrug and say look it's a flight here and a flight there, it's not much but that's not really how it works there are vast entourages and the cost is phenomenal I'd love to know the total number of people I made the, or took the liberty of compiling a list for the programme of the people who are going where. Let's assume they don't all go on their own, carry their own little bag and their own little passport. We'll do an estimate maybe in a minute, see, or maybe for tomorrow, Leo. Thanks for that. I'm always kind of in two minds about whether they are just junkets or whether there's a benefit to be had from them, because I'm presuming there is. I just find there is no, is there any need for people like the Attorney General and the Count Corla and all those people to be going? Like, is there any really need for as many? You could fill a plane going. 0818969696. Come back to where we were talking earlier to Tina and talking on Friday to Jacinta and indeed talking to the Lord Mayor of Cork, Councillor Jerry Ford, about people feeling unsafe. Gillian, she was on three. She's gone offline three, guys. We'll see if we can come back to her. Let us do this first, because it's about time we did. Dermot Kennedy, live in Las Vegas. Win your way there with Cork's 96FM. Right, we have another week of this to go. We had a lot of fun with our contestants last week, including one poor misfortunate woman who had to hide in the bathroom away from her children to make a call because the children were on midterm. Kayla is in Bantry. Hi, Kayla. Yeah. Hello, everything. A big fan, I'm told. Massive fan, yeah. How many times have you seen him? I've seen him three times. Where have you seen him? I've seen him. I saw him. He was supporting Mumford and Sons for the first time in Malahide, and I saw him in C-Sessions, and then I saw him in Musgrave last summer. Oh right! Oh, the big the head of the, the Musgrave Park gig was that a great gig? Was it because the, we- the weather wasn't brilliant at all? Was it for that one? No, I was lucky. I was sitting, so I was sheltered. Oh, you were sound out. You were yeah. sound. But Vegas, the sun would be guaranteed. The five days, the hotel, the few quid, and a chance to see him at the Chelsea at the Cosmopolitan. You'd take that, would you? Oh God, I would. It'd be with amazing. Bo- with both hands, I'd say, and run for your life. Who would you bring? Um, I bring my partner, I suppose. Okay, all right. Partner's name? Um, Barry. Okay. Let's see if we can at least get you into the draw. Now, I have a little slot machine here. There's a big slot machine. Typical Vegas slot machine. And 
I want to know, do you want a Dermot question or a Vegas question? I'd, I'd love a Dermot, but I suppose we'll have to see what comes out. We'll see what <laughs> comes out. Let's pull the lever. <laughs> it says Dermot. Oh. Yes. So, and I, yeah, okay, this is an A or B. What age is Dermot Kennedy? Is he A, 41, or B, 31? Um, is he 41 or 31? I think he's 41. I think he's, I, you see, um, I, uh, I don't know, actually, is the answer to the question. Okay, so, B. You go for B31. Yeah. I would think you're right there, yeah. Yeah, perfect. 41, now you see, no, I, I don't I think... Don't He's a bit young looking to be 40. <laughs> I would it's true now, I wouldn't because if you asked me for his age, I would have said he's about 34 or 5. I know, yeah, no, I would have too. <laughs> <laughs> Kayla, listen yourself, and you're gonna be on our list anyway. Lovely, thank for you. The draw. Uh, next week or the week after so let's go for it alright good for you our latest our latest qualifier I'll put you back to the lads there okay Kayla from uh, Bantry Kayla Tanner into our draw I genuinely would have said he's about 35, 36 and when you put me on the spot I'd have a problem figuring it out 0818 96 96 96 and it wasn't written down on me bit of paper that was the other thing okay Back to Gillian, are we? Gillian, you were saying to us that you were afraid to to walk yeah. alone. Good morning. Yeah, um, yeah, I would be, to be honest, because I had my friend actually had an incident a few months ago in our local park. She was down with her two young children with their, their little bikes. It was a lovely day. They went for a walk, and she was intimidated by three men. Right. And they were looking for money, and then they asked her for a cigarette, but she doesn't smoke, you know. And like that, now she was. They were started shouting at her when she wouldn't give the money. And I mean, she had to pick up one of her boys, and the other lad had to run. They ran as fast as they could out of the park. They were petrified. This is the end of the day. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. It was just before lunch, and I'll be honest with you. After that incident, I would be very nervous to walk in my local park. I know many women in my own area. I won't say where, but in the area they they actually walk through the town rather than the park because of um the fear of intimidation mm-hmm. and um you know not knowing the unknowns you know um i suppose with ashley murphy as well it's another case that highlighted it's the situation further you know Indeed. for us Indeed. and i feel it's not spoken about enough and i feel if women stand up or say anything about the safety we're straight away we're being you know called different names and some, I think especially with male politicians, they don't see the fear in it at all. They don't, you know, because they're not a woman. I feel they don't actually understand our fears or our concerns as parents, you yeah. know. But talking to women on this show yeah. in the last couple of years, the things I've learnt yeah. as a man that yeah. I wouldn't have known. You know, yeah, and fair play to you for highlighting these issues because nobody would know about it if it wasn't highlighted on shows like your own and I thank you for that, well, you know. I, I remember one woman and it, it stuck with me and, and I, I put it into practice ever since. So if I'm out walking at night mm-hmm. and there's a woman, a young woman, maybe 20, 30 paces ahead of me. Mm-hmm. She, this young lady, I think her name was Holly, explained to me that just hearing that my step behind her, she yeah. starts to tremble. 
Oh yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's gone to a whole new level. And a friend of mine said to me recently, she said maybe you know she was actually on about even going to the park. She said she'd love to go back into the park and days that we wouldn't be able to go together. She said she was actually thinking about getting see could she buy the spray online just to have with her for walking. I mean, we shouldn't have to be thinking about carrying around sprays with us, you know, to go for a walk. Mm. It's gone to a whole new level. Yeah. And I know I was down in uh, there recently before Christmas. I went down with another friend um, to Killarney. We do it every year before Christmas with our two little girls. And uh, we treat them to a pampering. There's a pampering salon for small children, which is beautiful for young children. But we were walking up the street. There was a gang of six men came towards us. We were forced to go on the road. They started intimidating us, looking for money off of us. Yes. And you know, our little girls had, were actually quite scared. We were actually quite scared because they were shouting at us looking for money. And this was on the main street in Killarney. It was petrifying. I haven't been down since and I don't intend to go down there very soon because I was afraid of my life. That's what scary, would come of it. Yeah. That's very scary. Um, my friend as well, like she would have went down to Killarney a few times a year and we've often booked down there in there with the children as well. And like we're looking at alternative places to go for mini breaks. With Killarney, the is it? It's gone really rough. I mean, no. even walking down the street, it's, I, it's I'm actually in quite Killarney, I'm in Killarney, Gillian, eight or nine times a year, if not more yeah. often. I'll be there. Yeah. I, I would be there in early March. Yeah. And, and, and the people that I visit down there, including my best friend, yeah. would say that it's gotten it's gotten fairly rough. There's a lot of attacks that are not being highlighted on the media as well and that's the reality. Unfortunately, there is young people being attacked and it's been hidden away. It's it's from local people you're hearing it and it's not being it's not being highlighted, it's being kept under wraps as well, you know, and it's yeah. it's quite scary, I'll I, be honest. I was down there at New Year and yeah. there was an incident as you made the yeah. headlines, not going into the details of it. Terrifying, yeah. But there's a twenty four hour garage down mm-hmm. there, uh, out on the Muckress Road, and I happened to be in there getting a yeah. few bits and pieces from back to our hotel. And mm-hmm. I said it to the lady on the counter. I said, "You see what's going on over the road?" Mm-hmm. And she said, "Look," she said, "That's that's an extreme one now." She said, "But we have incidents here. We've trouble here seven nights a week of some kind." Terrifying. Or My neighbour's son actually lives down the Muckress Road, and he was even saying it that like they're drinking on on Muckress Road until they're up until four and five in the morning walking right. the streets. Drinking, I mean, that's terrifying. That's, and that's, and that's local, that's local trouble. Local, like, like I mean, that, that's, not, that, that's yeah. not any of our visitors, shall we yeah. say. Yeah, and there's been old people that have been robbed at bus stops and it's not been highlighted and that's yeah. the reality. It's it's actually quite terrifying. And that's the thing that we want, like, I suppose, look, realistically, I do think as well, they are like, um, as I heard earlier about the policing side of things, there isn't, there's a shortage of police and we we all are aware of that. But I feel that if a guard of presence was on the streets, that you mightn't have as much of this going on, you know. That's the thing. That's that always comes back to that, doesn't it? Gillian, thank you. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Mick says actually the Lord Mayor be calling in the army if she lived in Kil- Killarney. Locals are afraid to walk down the street there. It's like the Wild West. I would say parts of it, Army. There is a lot going on in Killarney. And I would say parts of it are a bit like the Wild West. As I said, I'm a very, very frequent visitor. I'll be down there again in, in early March just for a, an overnight or maybe two um, visiting friends. Uh, and I'm there very, very frequently. And we go there every year for, for New Year. I love the place. Absolutely love the place. But it's outside of Cork, it's probably one place I could actually live as Killarney. But um, no, there's a, there's, it's, it's gone a bit... It's gone a bit hairy down there. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. We're going to the BAFTAs. Join the conversation. This is the opinion line with the Cork City Marathon. Take.
take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Right. There was something I was wanting to ask you actually, and discover how much we have in common. Well, just makes me want to ask you even more. We don't have anything in common. Don't skip ahead. Yeah, what I was wanting to ask you was something along the lines of should I plan this really? But yeah, what I was wanting to ask you was you probably wouldn't ever want to I don't know to fall in love with a boy like me, would you? No, Dominic, I don't think so, love. Oh yeah, no. I, I was thinking no. Well, there goes that dream. There goes that dream. That's an extraordinary scene. I've, I've con- condensed it down, Crossy, but that's the one people are saying is nailing them for awards. Morning. It's just brilliant, isn't it? Like, it's a real come on, Ireland, when you were looking at the BAFTAs last night and looking at, you know, how beautiful this movie has touched everyone around the world. And it's not the stereotypical be gosh way of Irish movies. It's a, it's like a work of art, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's, and it's so good. Like standing there last night and seeing clips like that being played yeah. to a ton of actors and to a room of media, and they're all going, "Yes, oh, this is great! Oh, this is yeah. brilliant!" And I'm going, "Wow, this is like our, this is Ireland. This is like it's such a great tourism ad for our country and for the west of Ireland, especially." That's a scene where you would think she doesn't have a whole lot to do, but that's the secret of it. She does. He's doing most of the talking. But her face and her reactions, it's a a tour de force by the two of them. And it's no wonder they both won for that. It's beautiful. And I think think people are going to start seeing Kerry a lot more. Like she's been, you know, doing plays for years. And anyone who goes to theatre would see her. I think now people are going, wow, this girl has everything. And even off, you know, off screen as well the way she spoke to people yesterday on the red carpet and the way she spoke to people in the winner's room, just down to earth, just just someone, a local person, but that makes sense. You know, yes, just a local person having a chat. Her, her speech was so typically Irish, which was lovely. An amazing cast, lads. Thank you so much. You were so kind and generous to me. Thank you so much. Really, Colin, Brendan, thank you very much. Um, I have to thank my family in Ireland. They were always at the other end of a phone for me all through the years, keeping me company. I love you so much. Thank you. Um, And I have to thank my horses and my dogs because (laughs) they showed me so much love and gave me so much meaning in my life. Um, Thank you. I'm really, really grateful. Thanks a million. Yeah, she 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 comes across as, as lovely. You you were on the red. You met Barry on the on the red car, red carpet. I didn't know you you know him. <laughs> this, there was he, you got a shout out on the rest red carpet. Not everybody does, Crossy. Um, Martin, Colin, oh. Brendan, Kerry, the cast, the crew. Hold on, that, that's his speech. I do the other one. The, the, yeah, you, you know him, don't don't you? Yeah, so uh, I got to know him a couple of years ago. Uh, he came into our station a few times, and since then, true friends. We've got to know each other even more because he hangs around with some of my friends and he's just such a great man. So the clip we're going to play now is he's after winning the BAFTA, right? He is elated. He is just, you know, you can see it in his eyes. He's like, wow, this is after happening. He walks into the winner's room and it's nothing but people from the foreign press, from Britain, from America and all that. 
And I could see he was getting, not edgy, but he was kind of like just shocked. And I just put my hand up and I went, up the flats, Barry. And it just brought him back into the room. Here we and go. And you hear what he'll say after. Yeah, yeah. Up the flats, Barry. Up the flats, Chris. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Have you given Colin back the Kellogg's? Was... I haven't. No, I'm still looking to get like Kellogg's off. Off Kellogg's. They said they're going to send some stuff, so <laughs> guess sending. If, if they don't send him a truckload, they'll be embarrassed. That was brilliant. Oh, the, the, the best. Just so good. I, I love the way Martin McDonough, because I, I, I always get sort of, listen, would you lay off the anti-Brit stuff? I didn't realise there was so much British involvement in the film until Martin McDonough's speech. Yeah, film four actually paid for most of this movie. Uh, and the only way I can describe it is, is that if... You look at Colleen Kuhn, The Quiet Girl. Yeah. That was fully funded. T.G. Cahar and loads of other Irish people put money into that. But the Banshees, a lot of it went from film four. Yeah, which of course is British. And he, he, he addressed that. Wow. Uh, thank you, BAFTA, for this uh, British uh, Film Award. I know every Irish person in the cast and crew were kind of going, best what award? <laughs> but... Uh, but Hang on, the wonderful Film 4 were a major part of the financing for this and uh, thanks to them and to Daniel and Ollie, uh, especially thanks to Searchlight. Wouldn't happen only for British money. Crossy, we've, I'd love to talk more to you but we're a bit busy. Ne- next week, the SAGs and then the Oscars. Disappointment that Colin Farrell didn't get the best actor last night but can we, can we tell any more about Oscars and about SAGs? Uh, from from last night. Do you know what? I'd say he's a bigger. I'd say he's a bigger chance with the Oscars, which are coming along. A lot of people gasped when Austin Butler won Best Actor last night. They Even though he's well. brilliant, they didn't think it was going to happen. He's brilliant in it, but they didn't think they'd go for that. Uh, the Oscars still happened, and you know, they're still voting. So I'd say next week you'll see all those actors in full canvassing at the SAG Awards trying to, you know, anyone who's watching going, oh, no, I like him. No, I think he'd be better. No, I think that will do that. So next week is very important for the Oscars. Four four BAFTAs. How many Golden Globes did it win again? Oh, God. Did it it win like 14? No, it was nominated for 14, wasn't it? Crazy amount. It's mad. Crazy amount. And and, and disappointment from Colleen Kuhn, because I didn't know All Quiet, the rest of the front was in German, because I haven't watched it yet. Crossy, we'll catch up again. Thank you for that. Another big night for... Cheers. Another big night for the Banshees of Inshiran at the BAFTAs and more big nights to come. That's it. Program edited by Imra Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Talk to you tomorrow just after nine. Quartz 96 FM. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.